0: Welcome to another episode of the BGA Fight Gear Lockdown Talks. My name is Misha and I'm here with my co-host Jan, the Human Forklift. Um, Today we have a special guest, uh, which I'll introduce in a moment. Uh, If you like the, the channel, if you like the episodes, the interviews that we've been bringing out so far, please subscribe and also let us know in the comments below what you think of the interview and what you'd like to see. Today we're talking to a special guest, Rodrigo Medeiros, maybe also better or known as Comprito. Uh, Jiu-Jitsu legend, two-times Black Belt World Champion, trained successful MMA fighters such as Dean Lister, Brock Lesnar, and uh, known for uh, having the fastest submission in Black Belt Finals history. Uh, Comprito, welcome and thank you for being here.
1: Thank you for invitation. It's a big pleasure to be here with you guys. Uh, let's have some fun together.
0: Yes, definitely. How, um, how You're in Chicago. How's your life right now? Are you guys in a lockdown or are you training? How's it going?
1: So, um, uh, hopefully Friday, we're going to move to phase four. Uh, and then right now, what we are doing, we are able to host classes for up to 10 people outside the, the academy. Okay. Okay. I'm, I, my academy is inside the mall. So I'm on the, on the mall parking lot, uh, hosting classes on my puzzle mats. And then it's a little bit chaotic. Mm. But we are doing, we are able to do. And luckily, Friday we're back inside.
2: Yeah, yeah, good.
0: But then you can actually do uh, drilling, sparring, or is it going to be solo drills?
1: They don't give us uh, specific uh, directions. Uh, what we decide to do, I have some, some people help me to, to come up with a protocol. You know, the IGGF release a protocol. And then I check the protocol for other academies, and then we decide to do a protocol for Brazza. And uh, at least for the first fo- for the first two two weeks that we come back inside, you're gonna have groups of four people and separate them on the mat, and then you just stay with your group. Yeah. And then you do everything together, you know, because if you're drilling with someone, you can spar with the same person. It will be the same. Yeah, yeah. So we're gonna split the the area here, and then each four, each group of four going to be in one area. And then we're going to see how things go, you know?
0: Yeah. Oh, exciting. I mean, uh, everybody must have been waiting for a really long time uh, to get back on the mats. So I, ca- I can imagine that will be a very happy moment.
1: Yeah, I guess we will be, you know? But it's also important that we, we don't relax too much because the worst thing that can happen uh, for any of us is open the academy and, and be forced to close again. Yeah, yeah. You know, so uh, we are in a very vulnerable situation because we have so much contact and uh, a lot of people don't see this as a session, essential business, you know. And then if you were open and we forced to close, people will lose the confidence yeah. uh, in, in jiu-jitsu and then they might decide to take a much longer uh, uh, gap than they initially plan, right? And this will not be good for us, you know.
0: Yeah, I, I totally understand. Uh, so it will be step by step and see how it's going.
1: Yeah, very important to clean the gym to to make sure there's no crowds on the locker rooms, you know. So we 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 change a little bit our schedule. We put a little bit bigger gap in between classes for don't have so much people on the locker room at the same time. Oh yeah. You know, we give directions for people to go really fast there, people who don't need to go to the locker. Uh, we will keep the parents outside the gym, you know. So every little thing we can do to minimize the risk, uh, we have to do. I know it's annoying. I know, man, nobody likes to wear a mask. I don't like to wear a mask, yeah. but we have to. Even, even, if you, even if you don't believe for respect to the other people, right
0: okay so everybody has to wear a mask you're in training
1: no 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 no. not in training but if you are if you're inside the, the you know I'm inside the mall you go inside right. the mall to get inside the mall you have to wear a mask you Got know it. and then if you're talking to somebody on the front desk you also should be wearing the mask you know yeah, yeah. Uh, and then you should to like now is not the time to keep a, a group of people having a chat uh, inside the academy. You might could do that on the parking lot, you know, because I, I I heard that it's 18 times uh, easier to contract the virus indoors than outdoors. Right. So if the students want to congregate, go downstairs, go to the parking lot, have a chat, have a fun, tell what's going on with you. And... You know, we have to do our part to make sure our sport doesn't get hit even harder. Because I know that a bunch of people were forced to close academies. Uh, a lot of people take super bad uh, uh, revenue uh, uh, drops. You know, I, I, I did have a, a huge revenue drop. Luckily, I could, I could hold myself, you know, but I know some other people just had had take loans and stuff like that, you know. So it is a time to be cautious.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. And and what was it like for you in the past few weeks? Like personally, how did you uh, well keep your head clear with with uh, all these challenging times? And and did you uh, do any training yourself?
1: So in the beginning, man, I honestly I didn't know what to do. <laughs> You know, like the first, uh, when this happened, uh, I remember that I was talking with uh, a few friends that uh, I I would be waiting until Monday to decide if I would close my gin open. And then Friday, we decide to close. You know, things escalate so fast that Friday, we decide to close. Right. And then on the first 10 days, I did not have an answer, you know, what to do. And then I was talking with a couple of friends and then they mentioned those Zoom classes, you know. And then that's what I started to do. And then for the whole period of the the pandemic, we've been having those Zoom classes. What are not perfect, you know, is pretty much doing drills. Uh, But that's what uh, we did. And then keep ourselves active, keep our students active, uh, seeing each other, be able to talk with each other, you know. Get the mind clear for couple minutes you know and uh, uh I also have the experience that I always had a, a guest instructor on my zoom class you know I have Caio Terra I have uh Leo Vieira I have Leo oh, Leite nice. you know I was guessing and on those guys I guess on Pedipano. you know so we we keep it Marcos Escobar we, we keep uh, doing that to try to keep interesting to the students but it was a big challenge I yeah. will not lie
0: yeah 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 and and uh yeah, I really hope that uh, they can pick up their interest again when they get back to the gym now this Friday. Um, we, we we call this series the Lockdown Talks to also talk with people and see how things are going during the lockdown. We'll be uh, at the day of, of recording this. will be... Uh, like next week before we can we can put it live we do some editing and everything so I really hope by the time people see this that your academy is fully open and everything is going all right and uh, we'll see some uh, some steps there
1: yeah thank you I'm pretty sure Friday we're gonna we're gonna do our next step you know and we will evaluate if it is uh, when it's time to let people run uh uh um spar freely and if it's time to still hold them back you know so uh it, it is a lot of responsibility you know we deal with a lot of people if somebody get infected and then spread the disease yeah uh, back home they have grandparents you know and you know normally the the disease is not so bad in in young people but in, on the elderly right you know and then uh, we have to protect everybody in you know, our community,
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, I think,
0: people, young people need to really realize that you're not only doing it for yourself, you're protecting the, the vulnerable uh, among us. Um, I was wondering uh, if we could uh, go back a little bit from uh, today to uh, uh, back to the 90s, early uh, 2000s, when you were. A competition-wise uh, speaking, at your at your top, let's say. Um, and I think it's really interesting for people, uh, including myself and Jan, to hear a little bit about that time also from you when you, you were yourself and you also trained with all the people that are now kind of considered legends in the jiu-jitsu space. So I'm very curious to to hear how that was like for you when you were competing. So when you were a world champion in, uh, in 98 as a brown belt and then 99 and 2000 as black belt, uh, and you were training with all these people, like how do you look back at this period?
1: Man, it was, was good time. I, I actually was, I wore a world champion on the first awards in 96. Oh, as sorry, yeah, yeah. Yeah. This is stuff on the internet. When, like I always tell people, when, when you go check my information, go to my website because there's some information that is not uh, accurate or they skip something. Yeah. But in 96 was the first roads, so I was a blue belt adult. And then I was first on my division and second on the open weight. Right. Uh, was uh, a period of time that uh, I, I could just train, right? I did not have too much responsibility. Uh, my gym was a block away from my house, so that was amazing. Uh gave me so much uh, 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 freedom to, to train as much as I want to. I ended up to training in a place that had a lot of very good competitors. And on top of that, we developed this, this network inside the team where we keep uh, traveling to train with each other. So I used to go to Espiritu Santo, where Jamelan was based a lot. And training with the guys from there. I used to go to Sao Paulo a lot and training with the guys in Sao Paulo. Leo Vieira was uh, my best friend uh, since I was very young. Right. Uh, so then he moved to Sao Paulo and then I was going to Sao Paulo all the time uh, to train over there as well. And then the guys coming to Rio and then uh, Trave have his academy. Castelo Branco has his academy close by in Rio. So we keep uh, uh, trading information you know, inside our own team all the time, you know. And then this this engagement, I think, was fundamental for any kind of success that I present, you know.
2: Right,
0: yeah. And and when you, like, if we would go back even further, when you started out, were you immediately uh, very focused on competition? Because uh, last week we spoke to uh, Beatrice Mesquita, and she told us that if you compare it to the U.S., the, the jujitsu culture in Brazil is a little bit more on, you know, just in general, just more on training and, uh, more recreational, um, as far as I understood from her was, was that also the case in where you started off? Like, or was there a big focus? And Brazil something? was more
1: recreational than America? Well, that
0: maybe that there's less people, uh, going very focused on competition, but maybe she was talking mainly about women that might be, uh, a difference
1: yeah I, I don't know so i cannot make comments on on what she's saying because i, I don't know the whole context no, no of course but uh I, I came from a for a place that there was was competition based you know and then i believe uh competition makes you strong for your life yeah, You know, go to jiu-jitsu competition. These make you uh, uh, more comfortable making hard decisions, make you more comfortable making fast decisions. If you are, let's say, if you're in, in a place and you see somebody having a heart attack, you are more willing to go there and do something and help and call 911. If you're in a car accident, you're more willing to make a fast decision. You know, if you are in a in a business meeting or in a, in a job interview, you're more willing to relax and, and let things Uh, go show yourself better because you'll be you'll be forced to take decisions under pressure you know that's what jiu-jitsu is you you know when i start that's exactly like everyone who competes jiu-jitsu knows in the beginning you think about doing some something and then when you realize the the gap to to do the technique already pass yeah you know and then with with practice you learn how to dri- deal with your adrenaline. Oh, I'm sorry. No worries. And it even says, scam likely. Oh, See, <laughs> even as I even have a name. As I'm on interview. Yeah. Okay, so you, you, the competition make you more confident to make hard decisions to deal with the adrenaline, to, to position yourself, to impose yourself when you are being trapped, you know, when you're in a vulnerable position. So I think that's that's very important. So the place that I come from uh, were one of the the centers, one of the top academies of competition at the time. So I, I always have this understanding and early on, right. I. You know, I jump on that boat. I wasn't good, but, you know, I, I knew it would be about time. You know, if I keep working hard, I would eventually achieve some of my goals. Yeah, yeah.
0: And and then when you started, uh, you started to have successes and later on you went, like when we're talking about 96 to 2000, you won multiple world titles. If you look at that period specifically, how different was it than the competition scene or being at a tournament? Were there differences compared to if you were there now, if like the 2019 World Cup or World Championships?
1: Um, obviously, at that time, is the time, 2006. If I'm not wrong, the IBJF was created in 2005, uh, in 1995. Okay, I started training jiu-jitsu in 1993. Yeah. Uh, so, I was a child of the IBDJF. I saw and I was part of all that development. You know, the time that we did not have advantages and then we have advantages and and, and rules changes. And when we used to have uh, uh, flag keepers, you know, who decide uh, the fight. And, yeah. you know, a bunch of stuff that come in and improve the 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 referee today is much much better than what was back then and still have a lot of room to improve you know we need the professional referees uh they are much better they they run a much tighter ship now but there's still a lot of space to improvement before they just got a couple guys there on the tournament and then tell them to referee the fight uh-huh. uh, now those guys are prepared, they work in, in more tournaments, you know, it's a circuit. Uh, but still, I think they should to get paid better, they should to uh, get more committed, they should to have rules for what they do outside the, the map. Not because they, they, they could not do stuff, but because it's really stressful work. And every time they walk outside the, the competition area, is 10 people ask them for decisions they had made early on the day, and they cannot relax. They cannot uh, rest the head for the next day. Start again fresh. You know, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the, the competition obviously improve. Is more a lot more people competing. Uh, the level is improving as any sport. You know, the the, the, the conditioning, the physical part, the supplementation, uh, um, the gear. You know, everything improves. You know, so it's is the, the normal. in in any sport, you know? Your equipment is better, the science is better. Uh, And and Jiu Jitsu is a live martial arts that we keep creating new stuff every single minute, you know? So you take something that was super uh, new on early 2000s and this is old now, yeah. but these uh make possible some creations you know like let's say bidding Bolo. The, the, the helicopter becomes beating Bolo, you know so it's a variation is a, a, a evolution of a technique you know and then jitsu allows that to happen when you go to boxing nothing changes it's the same for punches the same for defenses you just have to be faster and stronger right
2: yeah and
0: and i it's what i uh, i wasn't there at the time but there were probably less and or uh, smaller tournaments. did you feel that was also a bit of a limitation in terms of when you compare it to now that you have less opportunity to to get better at competing
1: nah. look uh, I, I on my time it was no white belt tournaments. I wished to to head start to compete as white belt, but wasn't any you know, and then this was. Uh, blowback I wish to because my first year I lost everything right so every single tournament I compete I lost yeah until the last two uh if I had start earlier as white belt I think I could pass this phase uh, where I wasn't comfortable inside the match, where I was with the butterflies on my stomach and could not sleep on the night before and and delaying my actions yeah you know but once i start to compete i compete i compete as much as i as i wish you know like i could go travel a little bit to compete if i wish to you know of course today you have a lot more tournaments the circuit is huge but like if somebody i always compete a lot you know if somebody really wants to 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 compete at the time they could you know it was much better than Let's say on the 70s and 80s, those guys have maybe two competitions a year.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. You
1: know? So it was really hard for for those guys. Those guys start everything, you know? Everything we create and was developed after us is because those guys start these things, you know? Those tournaments, whether cups, you know? Company Cup or Nastra Cup or, you know... It's not even national tournaments or state tournaments. You know, some state tournaments. You know, at, at that time. Yeah. But those guys open up uh, uh, the doors for us. I was talking with Libor the other day. I said, "Hey, Libor tell me when is the first time that you actually got paid to fight?" And he said, "Oh, it was Abu Dhabi."
2: Right. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. You know. So imagine somebody who's been competing since early '80s. Only got paid in two thousands.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's a. You know? Yeah, we need to be very thankful for the the people that started all that and built it brick by brick, so that we have exactly. what we have today. Yeah. Um, you over the years you have trained uh several MMA fighters and UFC champions. Um, how did you get into that and how we were able to coach them without necessarily having a very big MMA background yourself?
1: Yeah, it was never my dream to pursue the MMA career, but uh, around 2000s, I get an offer to fight in, in, in pride. And then I started the training, but then the offer f- fell short. The the manager who was in charge, I don't know, he lost the, the his job. I don't know exactly what happened. And then I was start training boxing at the time. And then I kept doing jiu-jitsu, you know, because that's what I love to do. That's what I like to do. And I never pursued this again. In 2007, I moved to United States, and then I remember I actually took a plane with Liborio, and Liborio was already the head of American Top Team. And then uh, we were talking on the plane, and then we talk about the MMA. I said, ah, "Dude, I don't, I don't want to work with MMA. It's, it's it's not my thing." And I said, "Dude, are you crazy? Like." They need you. They need uh, people with a strong ground background. Uh, Jiu-Jitsu is extremely important for MMA. So we have this conversation. Nothing comes out of that. And then a little bit later, I got a call uh, from one of my students telling that uh, 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 somebody will contact me about training Brock Lesnar. And uh, I didn't knew who Brock was at the time. I just knew he was a... Uh, um, somebody told me oh, a wrestling giant I said what the fuck yeah. is that <laughs> and then I called another uh, good friend you know like I try to, to get uh, advice from wise people so I called Kid Peligro and then I said hey is this guy Brock Lesnar blah 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 invite me to training him and, and something like that and at this point I had no idea who Brock was uh, Geraldo said oh, I said oh, I think he's 220 pounds and he, he said I think he's 300 pounds Comprido oh. <laughs> and then uh, like we have a conversation I, I said ah oh, man I don't want to go train with this guy I'm going to get the hurt and then and then Gerald said what the fuck are you talking about dude I'm sorry if we cannot curse you know just
3: keep <laughs> no, I, you, you I, can
1: <laughs> <laughs> he said uh, what are you talking about Comprido you are uh, absolute world champion like Go there and train with the guy. Do what you do. Yeah. He said, okay, I will go. And then I start to work with Brock. Uh, short after uh, the academy I was working had MMA, you know. But, you know, it's a gym, a local gym, not really good fighters. So Brock was when I really started to work with with MMA, seriously. Yeah. And then I have this other guy, a local uh police officer who actually was top 10 on UFC, Mike Russo, uh, who are actually training with me every single day. And then I started to work a little bit with that. But I, to be honest, I did not enjoy as much as working with Jiu-Jitsu, you know. But it was, was a great experience. I worked with Tony Ferguson, with Damian. Damian was my teammate the whole entire life. So yeah, I, I have opportunity to work with Damian. And I work with a lot of good people, you know,
3: so, so Tony uh, Ferguson learned most from
1: you
3: know. Tony Ferguson learned most from you, because I think he always talks about training at Tenth Planet. But
1: no, but, Tony, uh, to, uh, I was in the Ultimate Fighter ah, okay. as a uh, jujitsu coach. Ah, okay. okay so, I, I, if I'm not wrong, Tony went there afterwards because Tony lives in California. I live in Chicago. Ah, okay. So during the period of the the, the ultimate fighter, I was training him at the house. And then afterwards, he came to Minnesota because there's a gap between uh, the show, record the show, and then the final fight. Yeah. During this period of time, he came to Minnesota and we'd be training him for his final fight that he won. Uh all right. But he he trains with uh, uh, Ten Planet and then I think he trained with Paragon. as well. I think he was training with Paragon before with Franginha, and then he trained with the guys from Ten Planet.
2: Right.
1: Yeah. Do do you
0: what do you think it's uh, like uh, for pro, like let's say pro jiu jitsu or, or jiu jitsu champions that uh, they have a couple of world titles or a lot, and then they are like, okay, what's next? I'm, I want to move into MMA. What what do you, do you see as the biggest challenges for them? Obviously, they need to learn how to strike, but in terms of uh, maybe adapting their jiu-jitsu a bit.
1: Yeah, is is adapting is is being able to to do this cross training, you know. Like now the things are a little bit different. But when I came here, you know, uh, when I was raised in jiu-jitsu, we think ah, those wrestlers are people who just are too strong. They take steroids and they lift the things. Right. That's what we believe you know I have the opportunity to work with a wrestling camp for many years, and that's not what they are. There's a lot of technique in what they do they don't use uh, they do uh, they are stronger because the, the 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 way wrestling is set up as a as a sport demands pressure non stop you know, but those guys are really technical you know it was really good to to do this cross training with them and to learn the way they do things because they the, the science is the same. The mechanics, the concepts are the same for jiu-jitsu, for wrestling, for judo, you know. So, but you have to adapt. Right. And then the way they train training and the way we train is completely different. Jiu-jitsu is a lot more laid back than wrestling, you know. So when, when somebody comes out of the jiu-jitsu training and then go to MMA, they need to connect with a good uh, camp, a good group of people who know what they are doing. You know, it's a completely different. Like, to begin with, it's just five minutes. You cannot give anything, you know. And then you're, you, if you're on the top of your game, you're fighting 10 minutes. You know, many fights of 10 minutes. There, you're going to fight three rounds of five minutes with one minute in between. So just there is, a, is adjustment yeah. that you have to do really well. You know, you cannot lose uh, position in five minutes. You know, the fight is over. Especially because, uh, especially UFC, they're tending to, to push you to fight standing. So you don't have much time to do your stuff on the floor. Yeah. And uh, so that's the, the biggest challenge, in my opinion. You, you start to adapt to these new rules, adapt to the new training, because you're going to have to do boxing. You're going to have to do kickboxing. You're going to have to do wrestling. You know, you're going to have to get used to fight with your back against the wall. But I think jiu-jitsu is made for that. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's made. Uh, 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 MMA is made because of that, you know, like it came from the uh, uh, the early jiu-jitsu fighters. You know, UFC is something what they take from Brazil. What The, the MMA fights that we used to have in Brazil and then horion uh, put on that format, and uh, the UFC took over, you know, like adding to the hands of Dana White and the Frichitta brothers, and then they keep pushing the sport up and up and up.
0: Yeah. Do you, you mentioned wrestling a couple of times. Do you think wrestling has a big impact of, or has had a big impact on, of course, the jiu-jitsu that came from Brazil? And then got very widespread in the United States with a very big uh, wrestling culture in, like, college wrestling. And everything. I'm not sure how big wrestling is in Brazil actually. But do you think the American wrestling had a big impact on the
1: development of jiu-jitsu? No, probably not. Probably not, uh, because it's still a lot of a lot of separation you know i don't have as much wrestlers training at my and my academy as i wish and you you see some i don't know because uh well i believe like when you become a wrestler is on the culture of the american people like is a is a college sport right most of the kids most of the parents when they put the kids on the wrestling they are aiming to get a free ride free scholarship yeah uh, when the kid becomes uh, 18, whatever, when they go to the college, you know, and so in, in between five, depend when they start, but between five and 22, 23, 22, they are just doing wrestling with the goal of going to the to the college. Okay, after that, the the very good ones wants to stay. Uh, to try the Olympics. Okay? And then some believe that that's time to go to MMA. And the huge ma- majority stop to train. You know, because there's so much pressure for so long. And, and that's my analysis. And, and I'm the person who, who's not uh, so involved in wrestling. Right, I right, could right. be saying yeah. something very stupid now, you know, <laughs> like somebody who is. Uh, but I, I don't see too much, like Jiu Jitsu. You see old people training Jiu Jitsu lots of old people training jiu-jitsu because first of all, they start later. Second, the jiu-jitsu is not that hard on your body. Yeah. You know, you can roll lightly and, you know, everybody have that old guy on the academy who trains on his own terms. You know, for wrestling, this is kind of hard to do. You know, you start to see the, these old wrestlers, they kind of arch the backs and they walk, a little bit like Master Yoda, and then they start to move like Master Yoda as well when, when <laughs> the time comes. Uh, but I, I don't know. I, I don't think we compete against wrestling. Jiu-Jitsu compete against wrestling. But I don't think we, uh, we benefit as much of each other as we should. I think we could uh, cross-training much, much more. We'll be so much better yeah. for everybody. Yeah. You know, like you get uh, this unorthodox style. Uh, from jiu-jitsu at wrestling tournaments, especially on this uh, kids' level, you know? Because on the higher level, you have to do what you have to do. And then you bring this this pressure, this uh, uh, meaningness, this strong will from the wrestling to jiu-jitsu, you know, is also very beneficial, you know? So I wish it was more crossover.
2: Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, I, I understand what you're saying. and And probably people have a different goal, uh, like you said, when starting out uh, a different motive for for training and if you look at jiu Jitsu and wrestling
1: and, and on top of that, the wrestling here is a is a school sport right so and, and when is a school sport it 's pretty much free yeah yeah, yeah, so Jiu jitsu you have to pay a club, you have to pay academy and stuff that 's another issue that you know you, it, it's just a different approach here in the United States. Yeah, I understand.
0: We have a uh, a final part of our uh, interviews. is Shark Tank uh, in a way that we ask some brief questions and uh, you can give a, a yes or no or a, a or B answer or just maybe the first thing that pops into your mind. Maybe Young can, uh, can go through it.
3: Yes. So, Gi, gi or Nogi? Gi.
1: Yeah.
3: Jokes or looks.
1: Choke or locks, whatever works.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Specific sparring or drilling? Sparring. Your favorite technique?
1: Whatever works.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Your favorite competitor?
1: Uh, To watch or to face? Uh, Let's say to face. To face. Roger Grace, because they, he's, I, then I have to explain because he's the one who beat me most. And then one day maybe I push him from the wheelchair and <laughs> I could get my day.
2: <laughs>
3: your, your favorite Guy?
1: Storm.
0: Do, do you have a specific model that you like the most for, for training?
1: I like the T3. Uh, is the competition gear is the, the the one I feel more comfortable training and uh, competing. Right. And uh, we are coming with some new stuff this year that I'm pretty sure you guys are gonna enjoy.
2: Yeah,
0: yeah, I heard. Yeah, looking forward to that.
3: What would you say is the hardest part of coaching?
1: <sighs> Not being there, you know, uh, is. So much easier. I know that's a, supposed to be fast.
2: Oh, that's okay.
1: <laughs> yeah, but not not competing and man, it's so hard not being side the mats. It's so hard tell people what to do and not be able to do with them and and and, and to compete, you know, it's, it's so nev- never wracking, you know, doing these things. Uh, but I'm I'm getting better on that. <laughs>
0: Is that in general something that lives in you a lot, like uh, like maybe missing that feeling of the top competition days?
1: Yeah, I do missing the like. I still compete on the master division, right? uh, Because but doesn't demand the same sacrifice, you know. Not I'm I'm not talking shit about the masters. Uh, It's just I could go without commit without the same commitment that I would have to do for for the adult competition, you know. Yeah. And I i really miss, you know, it's always like that uh on the back of your head, man, I could I could just training for six months and maybe I could get a chance. Maybe if the stars are on the right alignment. All right. And my God fairy mother shows up on that night, I could uh, do something, you know.
3: Let's do but it. But that's just
1: lie to yourself, just wishful thinking, you know. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. It, it <laughs>
3: And uh, what do you think about American Jiu-Jitsu? Well,
1: what is that? Jiu-Jitsu Jiu-Jitsu. I don't know what is American Jiu-Jitsu, what is Gracie Jiu-Jitsu, what's Invisible Jiu-Jitsu, what's Snoggy Jiu-Jitsu, what it's is jiu-jitsu. Competition Jiu-Jitsu, Self-Defense Jiu-Jitsu. That's all branding. That's all branding that people use to sell whatever suits to them, whatever they, they want you to buy. You know that's that's what it is. Jiu-Jitsu is Jiu-Jitsu. Should to be when you do Jiu-Jitsu, you should to be able to compete. You should to be able to defend yourself. You should to be able to be American, Brazilian, Canadian, African, uh, Russian, whatever the fuck you come from. You know this is just a, a, a attempt to narrow down and then Gracie Jiu-Jitsu. Like that's all the same shit. That's yeah. all the same.
3: What uh, what up music did you use during the times you became a world champion?
1: We need None. the secret. <laughs> None. None? I, I did not listen to music at that time. Now I'm I'm changing a little bit. Now I have some music on my on my phone. I resist. I, honestly, I just download music on my phone. First time was. This year, on, on, for my birthday, I have one that says, uh, complete 43-year-old birthday. That's, that's the name to my, my playlist. playlist. Yeah. Uh, to this point, I never really listen music. And, and I do very little now. I, I do a little bit. But I like to talk with people when I'm on the bullpen, you know, like having my, my teammates and my instructors and listen to things and, and, and watch my opponent. And then maybe listen to what somebody tell, tell to, to him and then get that last minute advice, you know, uh, feel that vibe, not put myself in a cocoon. And then uh, once again, I don't think it's wrong people to use music to keep themselves on the, on the zone, you know? I just, I, I like to get information, you know? I like to get, you know, there, and then Travis comes, hey, computer, come here dude, do this, this, and that, you know, because sometimes they can read on you, you know, it is a handful of people who know me really well. If they see that I'm a little bit tense or if they feel that I'm a little bit too relaxed or if they feel that I'm tentative, they, they will call me up and then they will talk with me. And then many times this, this helps. So I, I don't use music so much for that. In the academy, you know, I fight with my students for years. Because they wish to, to have classes with music and I never liked that. You know, because uh, uh, I think uh, you you have to be able to choose your pace. Okay, when you are training, when you are fighting, you have to be able to impose your pace. And then when you go with music, music is great because you can choose the pace for the person with the music. You know, when you put a fast music, normally the training is going to be in a faster pace. If you put a slower uh, music, the training tending to be a little bit in a lower pace, you know? But I I do like this uh, idea that you have to change your pace during the training, during the fight, during the sparring, uh, by yourself and not by whatever is going on on the environment. You have to make this decision by yourself, you know? Uh, the early ADCCs, they have these guys on the drums, you yeah. know, and then actually that worked really well because every time that the fighters start to be hit, they start with the drums. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And then they start to yell and stuff. And then you are on that heated exchange, and then suddenly you start to have the fast beating and then you wanna keep going, you know? Yeah. So for the, the people who are watching is great. For us, not so much, because you should sometimes you stop that, uh, that altercation, you know, maybe you are losing that altercation. Maybe the other guy's faster than you. Maybe it's just time to stop, you know? So you have to be able to make your own decisions and, and whatever external factor should not in, interfere in that. But I understand why people use music to, to, to train. And then now I, I live sometimes uh loud music uh, low music Sometimes, yesterday I was doing a training and I put some brazilian uh, funk music the my students did not have a clue what was going on and I was doing actually a hard workout but in between I was dancing a little bit cuz uh, huh. you know it was something that I used to listen on my childhood you know and then they are looking to be like what the fuck <laughs> this guy's crazy you know <laughs> huh. But I, do, I don't use music, and that's my fast answer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you.
3: <laughs> and what do you think about knee reaping in the gi?
1: Uh, I, I don't like it all. I don't like it all. Like, let, let me explain. Like, this foot when you do a foot lock and you go backward, I think you should be able to, to pass any, lo- any leg on top, okay? When you're reaping for real, you know, when you cross your knee, over the leg with the intention to hurt the knee of your opponent, you know, um, maybe something that happened at that time, they don't have this rule, but uh, I think it was Homo Baha'u and Tarsis on the final of the World's the uh, 2012, if I'm not wrong, something like that. Uh, that I thing should be illegal, you know, you twist the knee sideways, but just crossing the leg over, you know, I don't really see too much pressure when you, you, you pass the yeah. leg over and then your goal is a straight footlock, you know, they, they, but the rules are the rules, you know, we, we just uh, have right. to follow them.
3: And uh, what's your favorite sport outside of uh, jujitsu?
1: To practice or to watch
3: let's say to watch
1: i i would say uh bodyboard body you know i was bodyboard yeah i was uh when i was younger i used to be a bodyboarder my brother was a national champion in brazil and bodyboarding wow you know i live uh i used to live a block away from the beach and then uh my friends you know, most of my friends are all bodyboarders. You know, all my friends who become a jiu-jitsu black, almost all my childhood friends become jiu-jitsu black. Girls. But we are all terrible bodyboarders, you know, like we all took our boards and, and, and bodyboarding in Ipanema. Uh, you know, so it's a sport that I like. I was uh, recently in Hawaii and oh, nice. I was playing with a board, board over there and stuff. Yeah, big waves. Nah, no not for me (laughs) i cannot surf those big waves man oh this thing needs balls and and skills a lot of skills you know
2: yeah
3: and we're at uh, the last question of the shark tank what do you say is your biggest accomplishment
1: yeah that you got me I think my biggest accomplishment, accomplishment is be true for my ideals, you know, for for the stuff I believe. You know, uh, the titles are obviously amazing, and then give me some some voice. But through the, those years, I be able to do things that I want, the way I want, and the way I believed. Mm-hmm. You know, and then I make very very clear for people what kind of person I am and what I expect to them and what I can offer to them, you know. So um, I always been with the same group of people in Jiu-Jitsu. Uh, I always try to help my friends and my teammates. And I, was, I always been helped by them. And I think my bi- my biggest accomplishment for was never had to sold myself, you know. I... I could follow my line, follow my beliefs, and it was tough many times. Yeah, But I, I could do it, you know, and I, I expect to keep doing this for, for a long time.
0: Do, do you think this is something that attracts a lot of people to jiu That it's something you can express yourself and kind of express and find your own truth?
1: No, no. No, what attracts people to jujitsu is a bunch of bullshit. People wanna wanna like honestly, most of people want to get in belts. They wanna say they got like I get students who tell, I gonna train in two months to be world champion. I said, dude, seriously, do you think somebody can train in two months to be a world champion? A world championship is accumulation of years of training. Yeah. You know, of years of commitment, of not going to parties, not eat what you wanna uh you know commit sacrifice uh, feel pain you know right. today people want whatever is fast whatever uh they have they want a confirmation whatever they believe if you tell them yeah come to my academy because it's self-defense and and you don't have to sweat and training hard to to be good in jujitsu, or come to my academy because they're going to make you a champion in two weeks or come to my academy because they make you a black belt in two- and that's what the ma- majority of the students come in jujitsu for. yeah because they see an easy way you want to be a black belt i get you a black belt. like a black belt what's a black belt i can buy a black belt what i cannot buy is knowledge like i can buy knowledge but it's not a transfer it's not push a button you know I can buy knowledge, I can, I can pay you to teach me stuff, but demands time, demands commitment. You can tell me everything you know by something, and if I'm not committed, if I'm not uh, paying attention, if I'm not exercising what you explain to me, I will not know nothing what you explain to me in five minutes. For you to understand jujitsu, you have to commit, you have to try, you have to commit mistakes. You know, somebody's going to tell you, put the leg up. You will not believe on the guy. Why he's telling me to put the leg up? That's never made sense for me before. And then you're going to put the leg up and you're going to fall. And then you're going to put it again and you're going to fall. And then the third time, you're going to feel a little bit wobbly. The fourth time, you're going to pass somebody's guard. And then you say, okay, that's why I should put my leg up. But you have to commit. You have to feel pain. You know, you have to sweat. And then, honestly, I don't I don't see the majority of the, the, the jujitsu practitioners going there to to show to the world what they are about, to be true of the sport. I just feel that people are just after some eye candy, you know, and be able to tell they do something. Well, that's not bad, you know, uh, like. Yeah. Whatever, you can start Jiu-Jitsu. I start Jiu-Jitsu because my cousin asked me to help him, you know? Like, at that time, I, I was a bad kid, right? So my mom wasn't, like, I, I, I failed school so many times. My mom was not giving me nothing besides what she has to give me, like food, clothing, school. So my aunt was paying for me to do kickboxing because she believed I had to do a sport to, to calm down a little bit, mm-hmm. and then my cousin, her son, uh, asked me to go training in jiu-jitsu with him, and I said, oh, fuck, I don't want to do that. All my friends doing jiu-jitsu. I want to be different. I want to still do kickboxing, because all my friends do, did kickboxing before, so right. I'm still on the kickboxing. I said, yeah, I'm going to kick at the head of somebody, blah, blah, blah. So my cousin invited me, and I said, you know what? I have to do it, because at the end of the day, he's paying me for my kickboxing, you know, like his aunt, his mother. And then he said, you can keep doing kickboxing. Just come to jiu with me. Uh, two months later, I quit kickboxing and start training jiu-jitsu twice a day. Yeah. You know? So when I start, wasn't with the goal to make something of jiu-jitsu and then become something that I fall in love. So I don't care what brings people in. But once they are inside, I can try to change their mind. You know? But I... I think the, the majority of the majority of the people who came in are are more for, for the reasons different than the reasons I, I wish for. Yeah. 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 Yeah.
0: Well, it's a, it's a powerful uh, uh, statement and, uh, and also good to hear that uh, there's a, there's opportunity to mold them once they're inside when they're oh,
1: definitely uh, is definitely yeah. is. Uh we we change so much through our lives look back to your life the kid that you were and the man you you are now you know you change people help you to change the ways to see stuff uh, uh believe it or not i thought uh when i watched the first apprentice that trump could be a good president yeah <laughs> you know so look i could not change my mind anymore than that you know
2: right yeah, so people
1: yeah, yeah. change their mind. People start doing right things for the wrong reasons, doing wrong things for the right reasons, you know. Yeah. Uh, but I, I believe in be truthful, you know, and tell people the way it is, the way I feel things. And, and and then I tell this to everybody. The only way you can like me is if you know me. You know, if I come here and say yes, sir, for everything and then paint a, a, a beautiful uh, picture of everything that I don't believe. How, how could you like me? How could you know me? How could you stand behind the stuff that I believe, you know? How could you understand the, the sport, you know? Because the sport is made by people with many, many different perspectives, you know? And then it's, it's, it's good and it's super important that it is this, on this way, you know? You cannot have everybody thinking exactly the same way going on exactly the same direction. We will not have developed as much as we develop in jiu-jitsu. I I, I don't know for a fact, but I believe Jiu-Jitsu is probably the sport with more innovation uh, on in on, on a short period of time on you know, considering yeah. all the sports. You know, uh, and the reason of that is because there's a lot of people thinking with different ways you know my way is not better than yours it's just mine you know but i believe you have to know mine to then say oh, okay i like Comprido, i like what he does or i don't like Comprido, i don't like what he does but you knew who i am what i stood for and then you can make your own conclusion you know
0: definitely yeah um we um we were at the last part of the interview. I think uh, this is a very nice message also for people. Stay true to themselves and uh, don't go for the flashy and the fast and the social media pictures and uh, and the dream of getting becoming a world champion in two weeks or something like that. Um, yeah, I really want to thank you for your time and sharing your experience, your history and your knowledge also. And, and I really hope that uh, from Friday on, the Academy can open successfully. And of course, everybody stay safe and uh, things will kind of go back to normal soon.
1: Yeah, I, I appreciate the opportunity to, to talk about uh, my life and Jiu Jitsu a little bit. It's a glad, great pleasure to be with you guys. It's a great pleasure to have your audience uh, listen to me. If you guys ever come around Chicago, uh, I'm on the suburbs. I'm in Bloomingdale. Stop by on the academy. Come
0: oh, we and oh, love that yeah. <laughs> We will As soon as the travel is allowed. We'll uh, we're try- trying to jump on a plane and uh, see if we can come over. That would be great. It
1: would be a big pleasure.
0: Yeah. Well, f- thanks a lot. Then uh, and uh, good luck in the coming days also. Thank you. Yeah. Take care.
1: Okay.